0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's Baruch with today's lesson
1: the end times are very important everyone who's interested in the kingdom of God and being found faithful when Messiah returns that person is going to want to understand prophetic truth as it relates to what the scripture calls the last days, the end times. And we know when we look, for example, at the prophecy of Jeremiah, he speaks about something that many of you are familiar with, and that is Jacob's trouble. Now, that term is found in the book of Jeremiah and chapter 30 and verse 7. In Hebrew, it says, etzrahi leyaakov a time of trouble and this word means intense suffering but there's good news because it just doesn't say etzrahi leyaakov a time of trouble for Jacob referring to the Jewish people but it also says umemena ivashia which means and from it or out of this time He will be saved. Who is he? Jacob, referring to the remnant of the house of Israel. God is faithful. And when we look at our primary location for this time of study, the book of Matthew and chapter 24, we see that Messiah says this very same thing. There's going to be a time of tribulation, persecution, trouble for the Jewish people. But in the end, salvation is coming because Messiah is going to come for two primary reasons. He is going to judge the enemies of Israel and secondly, save Judah, save those who belong to the kingdom of Israel. And after he does that, we can expect his kingdom to be established and all of this goes along with what he has said earlier it is not until there's a change in israel's spiritual condition that messiah is going to respond he's going to return and he's going to do those two things judge their enemies delivering them in order to bring them to salvation and when israel comes back to the Lord through repentance and acceptance of that gospel message, the outcome of that, as Paul says, is going to be life from the dead. What's he referring to? He's referring to resurrection. And whenever we encounter that concept of resurrection, we need to realize that that term, resurrection, is a kingdom word. It relates to the kingdom establishment. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Matthew and chapter 24. The book of Matthew, chapter 24, and we concluded last week with verse 15. And we saw that there was an event, an event with much significance, known as the abomination of desolation. We know that it's mentioned three times in the book of Daniel, one by Messiah himself in Matthew 24 and those parallel passages in Mark and Luke and also by the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we know what it is. Daniel tells us that there's a king, a wicked king, one that does what he wants to do. And it's because he is a man of lawlessness, also known as the man of sin, that this one is going to destruction. And that destruction is because he is full of rebelliousness. His kingdom that he wants to establish is a kingdom of blasphemy, a kingdom of lawlessness. And what do we know? Well, he's going to go into what's said in Hebrew, vir habayit the Holy of Holies, and he's going to commit that abomination of desolation. We saw last week, Daniel says, there's that wicked king. He is going to lift himself up, exalt himself, magnify himself above all that is of God, everything that is worship. And as Paul says, and so does Yeshua, in verse 15, this is going to take place in the holy of holies. He is going to sit there and proclaim himself God. But what did we learn? Israel is going to reject him. Israel is going to say no to the antichrist. And that is going to bring about what I mentioned a few minutes ago. And that is that time of trouble for Jacob. The the greatest time of persecution ever for the Jewish people. Even worse, and this pains me dearly to say this, it's even going to be worse than the time of the Holocaust. Why would God allow it? Because it's going to be this time of trouble that will bring the greatest number of Jewish people to faith. We know that that Zechariah the prophet says two-thirds of the Jewish people are going to be lost. They're going to be put to death during this time of Jacob's trouble. But he is going to bring that remnant of one-third through and they're going to be brought to faith, a saving faith. When they look upon the one who has been pierced, they're going to come to faith in that same Messiah, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ. They're going to receive that same message of salvation, the gospel. And when that happens, the kingdom of God will be established. Now, in this 24th chapter, the last verse, we've already discussed it, verse 15, Messiah says, when you see what Daniel the prophet spoke of, this abomination of desolation, He says, when you see that and understand it, then let the reader be aware. And what does that represent? Well, he told us in that previous verse, verse 14. He says, there's going to be the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom of God throughout all the world as a testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. And no sooner does he speak about the end, referring to the end of the church age. He says, when you see the abomination of desolation, let the reader know, because after that event, soon, no one knows the day or the hour, but after that event, there's going to be that blessed hope, that promise from God, that he is going to gather us up, that he is going to snatch us away prior to, as the word of God promises, prior to the wrath of God falling. For we are not appointed unto wrath, but to obtain salvation, victory. And immediately thereafter, because Israel rejected the Antichrist, he is going to be angry and he is going to want to destroy the Jewish people. Now, here's the principle that we need to understand. The Antichrist, he will have done many seemingly positive things for Israel. He is going to grant them security, peace. He is going to build that temple, at least allow it to be built, support its being built allow sacrifices to be offered there, but in that middle of the week, and we're speaking about a week as seven years, after three and a half years, 42 months, 1260 days, we see that he's going to go into the Holy of Holies. He is going to create this this, this statement that he's God, what's known as the abomination of desolation, and he's going to demand all people worship him. And again, because Israel will say, no, this time of persecution will begin. And that's exactly what we see in our first verse in this study, verse 16. Now realize a very important grammatical clue. When we look at verses 3 through 15, he's speaking to the disciples about the disciples. And he uses that that second person plural, meaning you, you all. But when we look at verse 16, there's a change grammatically. And that grammatical change has much significance. He doesn't say you, now he's speaking to disciples, but he's speaking about Israel. How can we be so sure? Just read. Let's look now at verse 16. He says, then, meaning after the abomination of desolation, then the ones in Judea. Now who's gonna be in Judea? The Jewish people. We have seen prophetically, according to God's promise, what we see in so many of the prophets that, that, leading up to the last days that he's going to bring the people the jewish people back to and here's the key their land the scripture grammatically is emphatic about that their land and it's not called palestine it is called israel we need to use the terms that the bible does we need to be faithful to the words that god gives to us and not following a political correctness, which is a stench in the nostrils of God. God says, their land, the land of Israel. So he's brought the people back to the land. This is the context. And he says, verse 16, Then those who are in Judea, let them flee unto the mountains, and the one upon the rooftop, do not let him come down to take something from his house. Why is that? Well, we're going to see in this section, he's speaking about the rooftop and also in the next, next part, the one who is in the field. Let's read that and we'll come back. And he also says, verse 18, and the one who is in the field, do not let him turn back and take his garment. Now, rooftop, here again, we need to think about the culture. I live in Israel, and I'm very familiar with the rooftop. We speak about a mirpesset, and a mirpesset is a place that people gather for leisure, to rest, for, for family time. And what it speaks of this, Whether you're at leisure, and then he says, those who are in the field, field is a place of work. So he's saying, whether you're at home, at leisure, or whether you're working in the field, doesn't make any difference. Do not, do not turn back. Don't come down. Don't seek any physical substance. Why? Because the physical isn't going to help you. Don't take something from your home. Don't take a garment for the journey. No, what he says is this. He says, flee and flee immediately. Go to the mountains. Why? Well, we're going to see why in a few minutes. Look now at verse verse 19. But woe to the ones having... And the word literally means womb, but it's a colloquium for a woman being pregnant. So he says, but woe to the ones who are pregnant and the ones who are nursing in those days. Now, obviously, one who is pregnant or one who is nursing, we're speaking about females. And remember what I've shared with you many times in different messages, and that is, when there is an emphasis on women, it brings to the text a change in context. And that context change relates to when women are mentioned in a, a primary way, it speaks of redemption. And notice what he says specifically. He says, whoa. Now, this is a term of distress. He says, woe to the women who are pregnant, woe to the women who are nursing, and pregnancy and small children that all relates to another important prophetic clue, and that is that next generation. And there is, biblically, when the next generation is mentioned, there's an emphasis on redemption as well, a a kingdom establishment. But because he says, whoa, what he's telling us is this coming redemption, well, it's going to be a very difficult journey to arrive to. That this redemption is going to come with great distress, great hardship upon that next generation, meaning it is going to be very hard for children, young people, this change, is not going to be an easy one and then we read in verse 20 what should we do now remember what he says don't don't come down from the rooftop in order to take something from your home don't don't return to your house in order to take some some garment why because there's an emphasis on fleeing because something is about to happen We've already discussed what that is, Etzerah Hile Yaakov, a time of trouble for Jacob. And the physical is not going to help us. What is? Notice what he says in in verse twenty. But pray in order that your flight should not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Now, obviously, Israel. In the wintertime is the rainy season. It is not a time for, for travel. It's not convenient, easy, in the wintertime in Israel to travel, nor on Shabbat is it permissible. So these are clues that indeed, he's speaking to those in Israel, in the land of Judea, in the Galilee. And he says, pray, that this this flight this departure this fleeing pray that it won't be in the winter or on shabbat a clear message to israel when he says these words look now at verse 21 now there is a very important term here and many times people are confused they are confused because of the similarities and they do not pay enough attention. They're not careful enough with the grammar. Now, let's just read the verse first of all. Verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation. Now, pay attention to what is said and what is not said. It says, for then there will be great tribulation. Now, many people know of the term, and this is found in the book of Revelation chapter 7, where it speaks about the great tribulation. This is not what we're speaking about at this time. There is a difference grammatically between the great tribulation and great tribulation. Realize That the definite article, the word the. In Greek, you need that word before the word great. And also that definite article, the word the, before tribulation. So it's the great, the tribulation. And that makes it specific. It's a definite time of tribulation. And if we look at what John says in the book of Revelation, and that's the only time that that term appears, Realize that he's speaking about suffering, and here's the key, suffering for the name of Messiah, faith in him. Now, this shows, this term, the great tribulation, shows that it has great significance to God. Why? Because those who are suffering are suffering because of their faith in Yeshua. They are being persecuted because of their commitment, their covenantal relationship with him, because they have dared to name the name Yeshua. And because they're suffering for Yeshua, this has great significance to to God the Father. Now, the term here that we're speaking about has to do with a later time, The Great Tribulation, referring to believers, will take place in the first half of Daniel's 70th week. And it's after the abomination of desolation, in the second part of Daniel's 70th week, that we find Great Tribulation, that is, the time of Jacob's trouble. This is what this term, Great Tribulation, is referring to. Look again at verse 21. For then, there will be great tribulation and, and which is not has been previously from the beginning of the world until now. Now that word, it's gegonin in, in Greek. And it has to do with something happening, taking place but what he says here about this time, that it's going to be the worst. Now, logic would think, well, the worst time of tribulation must be the great time of tribulation, the great tribulation. But that's not the case. The term, the great tribulation, specifies, us, specif- specifies those who are suffering for faith in Jesus Christ. Great tribulation has to do with this awful time when Israel will be suffering, and in the midst of this, also the wrath of God is going to be falling. But here's something very important. That wrath of God is not falling upon Israel in the same way going back to the first redemption in Egypt. We see that that the children of Israel, the Hebrews, They didn't experience that same type of plagues that the Egyptians did and others who were in Egypt. God made a distinction between them. So the source of suffering of Jacob's trouble is not the wrath of God, that's not what's causing the Jewish people to to be in suffering and in pain, but rather it's persecution, persecution led by the empire of the Antichrist, why? Because they did not receive him as their Messiah, as their God, and therefore, this is why they fled, because he, the Antichrist, was persecuting them. Once more, verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, which has not been, meaning not in the past, not now, and won't be in the future, from now at the beginning of the world until now, he says, and never will be, verse 22. And if these days were not shortened, then no flesh would be saved. But on account of the elect, and the elect here, I realize that Paul sometimes uses that term elect referring to the body of believers, the church. But this is Yeshua speaking. And when Yeshua speaks and uses that term elect, he is referring to the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, those who are Jewish by birth because they're descendants of of Jacob. And God is going to be faithful. He is going to bring about redemption for a remnant of his people, that one-third that will still be alive. Now, sadly, and this is true whether you're Jew or Gentile, if you die without faith in the gospel, you are eternally lost. There's no hope, no second chances after death. Doesn't make a difference, Jew or Gentile, it's the same. But God is going to, In the last days, he is going to bring a remnant to faith. Now, how is he going to do that? By allowing this time of persecution. There are going to be those who turn to God for assistance. There are going to be those who say, where is Messiah? And they're going to remember that verse. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're going to cry out and the heavens are going to open up. And who's going to return? Messiah Yeshua. And they are going to look upon that one who has been pierced, referring to his crucifixion. They're going to realize who he is, what he's done, that he is indeed the Son of God. He is indeed Israel's Savior. And therefore, they're going to look and they're going to receive him. They're going to mourn because of his death. And he is going to have mercy upon them just like he's had mercy upon those from every nation, tribe, language, and people. God is not a respecter of people, meaning he doesn't have his favorites. And therefore, God, he is a respecter of covenants. And he is going to keep covenant with that remnant and bring them to salvation. Now, notice what it says here. Our last verse, verse 22, he speaks about those days being shortened. If not, no flesh would be saved. Now, these days being shortened, let me give you a scripture. You can read this sometime. Joshua chapter 10. We all know that passage where the sun stood stood still. What happens when the sun stands still? The day, time, stands still the day is longer and why did that happen god caused time to stand still the day to be longer so that the enemies of israel could be destroyed now we're seeing just the exact opposite he is going to have the days be shortened he's going to shorten the time why in order to save his people in order that that remnant does indeed survive. God is a God who is faithful. Our God is a keeper of his covenant. He has showed mercy to the nations, but the time of the nations have come to an end. And God, as Paul says, is going to turn back to the nation of Israel and keep faithfulness with the people of Israel. Shalom from Israel.